The Dad Ass Podcast. Subpar, mediocre at best. Podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. One drink and one conversation at a time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the completely unscripted, unconventional podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. Me, I'm Matt. Next to me, as always, the one, the only dude, the resident family counselor. How the heck are you? Oh, I'm doing great because we're here at the Between the Lines uh, studio. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I am. Uh, I'm doing really well. It as of this recording, not not airing. Um, I'm on spring break, so um, I've gotten a pretty sizable uh, home project yeah. done. That's an understatement, and it looks glorious. So more to come on that. Um, so yeah, now I'm kind of just basking in um, not only my hard work, but like it was a whole family thing, my wife, all that sort of stuff. So um, all the work that was done uh, on this project. And then, uh, yeah, so honestly, I really did a whole heck of a lot of nothing today. Well, the work and time you put into this, I completely understand. And, and with with this episode's guest, what a great time to just roll out yeah. the brand new. Oh, uh, but we can't. We can't get into that now. No, you know what? No, we should make that an episode. Yeah, maybe. It should be like a whole family affair. Yeah, maybe it will. Yeah. Well, I need you to know that I'm super excited, one, to be in person recording with you again. It does feel good. It's like, it's like putting on a pair of comfy slippers. You know what else feels good nowadays? Being able to go back to concerts in person again. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. that makes me even more excited for our guest on this episode. Yeah. Because not only am I a huge fan of, of Joe Pug, I'm excited because he's going to be here in Columbus on April 16th. Yeah, and you'll be in attendance. Yeah. I'm hoping I can be as well. I have to see if I can uh, swing the, uh, the calendar. But, uh, yeah. This has been probably the highlight of my week in terms of just waiting to be able to meet someone that I've listened and admired and respected his music for so long. But for those of you who don't know who the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Pug is. He's a singer-songwriter noted for his his uh, wonderful lyrics, his harmonica style. Since 2008, he has released a string of critically acclaimed albums, toured heavily in the U.S. and abroad, and um, during the pandemic, hosted the Sunday songs on YouTube and uh, Facebook. He's toured with just legends, um, with Steve Earle, um, Sturgill Simpson in 2015 open for the killers. I believe he's even playing harmonica on the current latest uh, album release for the killers. Um, he has his own podcast, the working songwriter podcast, uh, which has just become a premier destination for songwriters to discuss their, their craft. He's a dad. And again, one of my favorite musicians, Joe pug. And I'm just so excited to share our interview with him. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to delay this too much longer. It's a great interview. Um, yeah, so stick around, see what you see what you like. You do Sunday songs in a water damage basement. His was a water damage basement that we record in a speakeasy. So we're behind a movable bookshelf, and then there's whiskey oh, wow. all, all around everywhere here. So we, uh, Kimberly, just my wife, just did uh, a inventory. I am at 155 bottles, unique wow. bottles. 
God bless you for having the the self control to uh, to not just bathe your body in it every night. <laughs> I mean, a, a rough day at work, there might be some body bathing, but uh, for, actually, that's what keeps me in check, is I know if I if I can keep a large quantity versus, like, as long as I know I have a lot, that means I'm not drinking a lot, right? That's a good point, actually. So this is actually 100% true story. Um, we literally recently renovated it, and we're going to talk about that here, um, not this episode, but in a future one. Um uh, last night we um, we jokingly called it our soft opening of the speak reopening of the speakeasy, um, and uh, and we were sitting back here and I was like, hey, you know, we're gonna record um, with uh, Joe tomorrow. Um, let's let's listen to some of his stuff. And so we sat back here um, in these two theater seats that him and I are sitting in, and um, we sat back here for two hours and just like cycled through all like not all, but like a good chunk yeah. of your stuff um, had the the lights dimmed way lower than they are now because um, these all can get real real dark. but um, and I gotta tell you, it was just like the perfect like so you were the first official artist. Um, to be played in the newly renovated space. Ooh, so, um, you know, take that. I mean, that, that's uh, that's pretty high praise. I'm just, uh, this is one of the most exclusive bars here in Columbus. Uh, I don't take it lightly. I don't take it lightly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've been talking a little bit about, um, about drinks and stuff like that. And one of the things that we do um, is we I, we do a little segment called Drinks with Dude. So I... Um, I don't have any uh, children of my own that are human. I have dog kids. Um, and Matt, you know, is the a father of one. Um, and gosh, Tuck's coming up. Two and a half. Two and a half. We're, I was going to say, old. we're getting closer to three. But um, so anyway, so we called, we do it drinks with dude. So um, I made for you in your honor, we're calling it um, the Dependable Joe. And oh, I like it. Um, Dependable Joe is uh, uh, roughly based on a cherry gimlet, and I say roughly um, because a cherry gimlet usually has uh, gin in it, um, but we have um, a, a local distillery here, um, High Bank Distilling Company. And they make a thing called Midnight Cask, and Midnight Cask has been um, blended, back blended with port wine. Um, so it's not been sitting in port wine barrels. They actually literally add back um, port wine. And um, it's got this just real nice flavor to it. So we've got um, that uh, midnight cask is what they call it. And then we've got cherry juice, lime, um, bourbon, or I'm sorry, uh, brown sugar, simple syrup, and um, sage bitters. Um, so... That what does it taste like? Heaven. Like a good dependable drink, Joe. Come on, man. <laughs> no, I've been um, like, no, no, you get you get some nice so I, I, get gonna, some nice I'm gonna, cherry. I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna just start the podcast off hot here. I, I I'm gonna disagree with your assessment of being dependable, and here's why. Oh when you right. go to buy a car, and this is a dad ass um insight here. At least I think it might be. One insight that my dad always gave me when he was going to buy a car is you buy a car with the least amount of features on it because what's the dad thing? And this is kind of a dad joke if you're in the dad joke place. You buy a car with less features, not because it costs less. You buy a car with less features 
because there's less shit to break. <laughs> yeah. Well, so actually, I, that's so that, when I hear you describe that drink, I, I just hear so many elements of that drink. It, it just it, it strikes me as there's just a lot of opportunity for something to not go well. Oh, that would be right. my assessment. All right. All right. What did you just open over there? Yeah. I, we just saw you open something up. Uh, I was. I had been drinking an Aperol spritz, and now oh, I. Uh, yeah. I poured myself a glass of uh, of red wine because uh, I, I feel like we're about to have a very dignified conversation here, and oh. and uh, I, red wine would be the uh, uh, the drink drink of choice to do that. Yeah. It is an honor to have a drink with you virtually uh, on this episode. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, I got you. I, I got to ask you after you know two years of of not touring and now you've been out the last few months how, how does it feel to be back out and doing live shows more often and and being out on the road when you've been the last few weeks months i think that i've always really appreciated what i've gotten to do for a living for the last 10 to 15 years but if there was any tiny bone in my body that didn't appreciate it that's gone now, I, I really, really, really appreciate what I get to do for a living. I really appreciate people coming to shows. And I'm just in a place of, of deep gratitude. I, I just really enjoy it. I find it very meaningful. Uh, you know, I got a family. I got a wife and three little kids. So, like, there's other parts of my life as well. Um, uh, and, frankly, the family part of it is the most important part of it. But that being said, Everyone would like to have something that they do for a living that they find meaningful. And the fact that I get to uh, play these tunes and take them to a, a small but dedicated group of people that are really into them, it's always meant a lot to me. But now post-COVID, um, it, it's really been drawn into sharp focus just how much I really do appreciate. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I... Um... I think there are a lot of things um, that COVID helped put into perspective and stuff like that in terms of like, shoot, I mean, this is, this is like the simplest, but like most significant thing, like hugging people. And, and sadly, I think that that's something that um, has quickly um, that lens or that appreciation is starting to quickly sort of wear off. But if you really like think about it, like there was a good chunk of time where, you know, you really weren't supposed to, physically hug anyone um i know what you mean my, my wife and i went to a we took the kids to a chinese restaurant in dc um a couple of weeks ago and it'd be our first time i mean we've been out for covid we, we weren't really hawkish on covid we weren't really dovish on covid we were we were kind of somewhere in the middle uh but when we took the kids to this restaurant um okay you're thirsty too you want some milk sorry i'm, I'm getting some orders here but when we took the kids to um when we took the kids to that restaurant, um, a lot of the, the woman that was the host there, you could tell she was uh, originally um, she was originally from China. Uh, it seemed like because she only spoke Chinese, um, and so she wasn't like you know. I feel like a lot of Americans like got like really on board with like uh, being super worried about COVID, and uh, she didn't feel that way. And she just came up, we have a little baby who's about six months old. And this woman who was the hostess there, uh, she just immediately came up and she grabbed both the baby's hands and she put her face right in the baby's face. And like, you know, I mean, didn't kiss the baby, but maybe, maybe kiss the baby's hands, sang to it very close. And my wife and I both remarked on it as we left. It was like, man, that felt very 2019. We missed little things like that, like an older lady, like 
you know, that you didn't know who was a stranger, just kind of being sweet to your baby for a second. I mean, it's just, it's just basic human stuff, man. That that, that is really sweet. You know, how how has it been in in terms because you were doing uh, Sunday songs and building your community grassroots effort through um, social meds and and playing you know what you were pretty much alone in in your basement but then playing to folks all over the country and the world to now being in front of people uh, I know you already said that you've you you know you've now changed mentally in your love for and passion for what you're doing but was there any like new nerves where it was like you were a new musician playing live again in front of people because you've now gone from playing by yourself with the kids sleeping in the house on Sunday nights to now you're back out. Like, is there a transition there? Like, do you feel like you're a rookie again? Seems like there should have been. And if you had made me guess beforehand, that would have been my guess. But uh, really what Sunday songs, this live stream that I did every week and and playing for people uh, really it made me more comfortable because I used to just play the same set every night. I would play like, you know, the 75 minutes of songs that I thought everyone was going to hear or or wanted to hear. And Sunday songs, maybe play my whole catalog and maybe play different covers. It maybe play songs on piano that I would play on piano rather than guitar. And so now I I just feel a lot more comfortable with the audience. And, And actually what I've started to do is just play for about 50 or 60 minutes and then stop the show and then just start taking requests from the audience, which I never used to do, but which I've taken from the Sunday songs model and um, which I really enjoy. I think it makes the audience a lot more invested in the show. I think it makes the shows a lot more unique and kind of off the cuff. Um, So I know where you were coming from with that question. That would have been my same intuition, but it's been, it's actually been different from from that for some reason. Huh? Um, So my, yeah, to sort of shift gears only slightly, um, you know, we there was a, a, a beautiful, very, very complimentary um, uh, quote here. Um, Matt, where Other is side. it? Oh, that was in the email. Oh. I'm sorry, I don't have it written out. There was a quote um, that, that put you in the same category as uh bob dylan and uh, a couple of other people in terms of very inspired sort of um writing of your songs um and the material and things like that and so i'm curious to know if um you know how your songwriting has changed over um time in terms of like having developing a family um having kids like is that something that has impacted the content you write or the way you write or, you know, those sorts of like, I'm just curious to know how that has a, a changed anything or maybe it hasn't. I don't know. Things have changed since I've become a parent in that I've just by necessity had to become a lot more efficient. And so it's made me make creative decisions a lot faster. And that actually, um, that's how I should have been making decisions in the first place. Having a lot of time to sit around and second guess creative decisions and uh, be indulgent about things, I think actually leads to terrible art. And, and I'm, I'm speaking only from my own experience. And um, I think to the degree that I have less time to work on things, but I still need to get things done. And it makes me make kind of split second in the moment decisions. Um <laughs> 
I, I think that it's made the art better. Now, maybe that's a, a pretty, maybe that's a pretty convenient answer for me to get here. But 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 it is the way that I that I genuinely feel. Yeah, I mean, I think um, not that I. Uh, um, and, and anywhere near the sort of artist that you are or anything like that. But anytime you're working on any sort of creative project, the question becomes, um, and it's an unanswerable thing, or it can become an unanswerable thing is how do I know when it's done? And the more time you give yourself, the more time you can go, well, I could do this or I could do that or like that sort of thing. Um, yes. and so like, yeah, I, I totally, I get that a lot. Joe, I got to ask you a question because uh, I'm I'm the fanboy over here, just like so stoked that you're just right right across the room for me virtually. Um, Speak plainly, Diana has a special place in my heart recently in my life, and I'm going to keep this really brief because I know you hear this from everyone, but I have to ask you this question. Um, I I just took a new job six months ago. I'm running my own chamber of commerce here in a suburb of of Columbus. It's my first big job, nervous, felt like a fish out of water. My first interview, um, right before I went in, I had to listen to your your, um, uh, studio recorded version. It just, it soothes me, it gets me excited. I don't know who Diana is, but I was like, let's do it. Let's, Let's speak loudly, actually. Then in the second interview, I was like, it helped me the first time, so I'm gonna do it again. The day I got the call that I was their their first pick and they offered me the job, I got into my car on my way home to celebrate and just randomly Spotify plays your live version in my car. So now I'm hooked on that song so much so that my wife overheard me talk about how stoked I was to hear that you were doing handwritten lyrics for um, uh, Christmas. And so I have handwritten lyrics from you for that song in my bar at home so i i would kick myself if i didn't ask you what was the inspiration behind that the comic books um upstairs the the mysteries in the basement like i was just curious because i would kick myself for not ever asking you that question if i had the chance and here's my one chance to ask the question thanks Uh, that's a song that i wrote uh 10 or 15 years ago my memory of it is the main inspiration for the song was kind of that guitar riff that starts it out. The da, 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 da. And so more than most of my songs, I think that that is uh, more of a musically inspired song rather than a lyrically inspired song. And I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't go so far as to say that the lyrics are like throwaway lyrics to the, uh, to the music, but I, I would say that it's definitely driven more by the music than it is by the lyrics, which is not usually the case with my songs. And um, uh, that being said, I don't, usually I do have a better idea of where the lyrics come from for some of my songs. And for that one, it's funny that you would choose that one out of all of them, because that would be a song of mine that uh, uniquely among uh, of the many songs that I've written uniquely um, I don't really know the lyrical origin uh, of, of that song. That makes it even better in my book. I love okay, that. Great. Oh, I'm going to go listen to it on repeat. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, we'll crank it up in here when we're done. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I have a show here in Columbus, April 16th. It's a Saturday. Um, what, I mean, we touched on this a little bit, but like anybody listening, if they're like, oh, this this Joe Pug guy sounds cool. Um, what can they sort of expect in terms of like vibe? What's the experience you're hoping? You know, you talked a little bit about 
um, how it was really nice to get back in front of people and like live performances and stuff like that. So like, what are you hoping when someone walks in the door or rather like is in that space and then they leave that, that, that setting, that experience with you. And I call it an experience because, um, I think that's a better way to describe, um, an intimate concert is an experience. So what are you hoping that someone walks out of feeling like, or, you know, what, are they, what can you expect really, from going to a show? That's really, that, that has changed over time for the last 10 or 15 years that I've been doing this. When I first started, it was my goal and it was my expectation uh, that it was like, man, I'm going to be Bruce Springsteen, man. This is going to be in, in, you know, from clubs to theaters, from theaters to arenas, like this is going to, this is how it's going, man. And obviously that isn't the way uh, that everything went for me, but um, I'm, not only at peace with that, I, I've found a place where I, I think that it's actually become a really beautiful thing in the way that I conceptualize it personally when, when people come to concerts. I, I feel, and I feel like this is a positive way of looking at it. I do feel like um, I own a little corner restaurant in Brooklyn or something like that. And I put a lot of time and love into it and people, you know, uh, 150 people a night or 200 people a night, maybe 250 people a night come and get seated at that restaurant for their big Friday night out uh, to be entertained and, and have some great, you know, food or, or, or whatever. And then as everyone leaves at the end of the night, I, I shake their hand as they leave the door and I, or, I, or I buy them, you know, a shot of Amaro as they leave or, or, or whatever. That, that's how I conceptualize my conscience. I, I think that I play uh, to a very specific and dedicated listenership who I appreciate a lot and who, when they come to shows, I really want to uh, give them a night of music that they remember for years, specifically because it is so intimate, specifically because it is uh, such a, a small and, and specific type of show. Um, I don't want to like throw your vibe off or anything, but I know two guys that would, be some just make some hell of good backup dancers i don't know if that would work Done. for you um, <laughs> i can't afford it but sure enough <laughs> joe i gotta tell you the doors open at my bedtime so i'm raging i already have God. my my bang energy drink that i'll be shotgunning at 6 p.m just to, <laughs> to get me to the doors opening at nine but um you know what i i i can't wait to see you i i've I've waited years to be able to see you here in Columbus. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it. If anyone listening isn't familiar with you, where, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you on the social meds? Um, where can they just find the Joe Pug? Just go to Spotify and type in Joe Pug with one G or go to uh, JoePugMusic.com. Uh, but, but just go to Spotify and listen to the top five songs on Spotify. That'd be a great place to start, I'd say. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Um, I can't wait to see you here on, in, uh, in April here. Just geez. Thanks for having me on. And I hope I, I, in our email correspondence, I saw that someone's taking their family to, uh, Disney world. So I hope you guys had a great time. Yeah. uh, Hey, thank you so much, Joe. It's a pleasure uh, having you on. Thank you. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Pleasure is mine. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All right, bud. You all right? You here? You okay? My heart is pounding. Yeah. I, he's just as cool as I thought he'd be. Yeah. You know, 
I, um, so you are definitely, um, a super fan in comparison to me. Um, I know his music because of you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've had like a, a long sort of listening relationship. I, I don't know what, yeah. Um, to him. And, um, but I know that you were super, super excited for this, but I, I bring that up because I'm always nervous to meet someone that I admire, but I don't actually like know, like someone oh, famous yeah. or like, you know, those sorts of things. Um, because I always have this fear, like is the person that I see on like social media or like wherever, like that's happening. Like, is that who they are? Is that like an, is that just a, a character like that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, and so I always have this moment where I'm like, Ooh, like I hope he actually is a nice guy. And it turns out he is like a legit nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. And just the the moments of talking to him before we recorded and everything. Yeah. He was he's everything I and, thought. And he was um authentic he strikes me as authentically real in the way that he presents himself um publicly and and um even within our conversations and things like that. Um which is always just really refreshing. And I think that also kind of comes through in his music, which comes across as like refreshingly real and um, those sorts of you, things. You you know what I'm? I already have a respect for him because he writes his own songs, he plays everything. But now that he's saying that he's going to take requests in the middle of his set, that personalizes more yeah. the music. Like uh, there's lots of shows I've been to and I'm not going to talk about other musicians, but it's like, I wanted to hear one song and it wasn't the closing yeah. like song. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, man, song after song. I'm like, okay, it's not it. It's not it. How are they going to play it? But it's like, coming. <laughs> now, now to know, like he's going to improv it and take requests. Like now I feel like what's the weirdest song that I could ask. <laughs> Just to keep him on his tip. And I'm just joking. I couldn't do that. No, uh, no, but okay. So one of the things that, you know, he talks about in our interview was doing his Sunday songs, um, forced him to sort of change his format and try some things out differently and those sorts of things, um, which is where he got the, um, you know, that format of asking people and stuff like that. But what I appreciate too is he is incredibly versatile and um you know i think and again not talking about anyone specific but i've been to concerts and things like that before where it feels very like i don't know inorganic in terms of like i don't know just the presentation and i i i think he is not that at all um he is in it for a connection to the the listener as you heard you know over and over again he talked about um um he talked about how he was appreciative of people coming out and those sorts of things and very aware of all of that and i think he brings will likely bring that same attitude to you, you know what and, and i want to build on that because what i admire about him the most right he's he's like he even said he's not selling out arenas like he thought earlier in his career he would but he's built a community when some musicians didn't do anything during the pandemic he started something and built a community yeah yeah and and you know kept his career going probably not as much as you know he could be making or, or doing you know touring but I was on, you know, Sunday night, 
9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There were people, um, I remember New Zealand, uh, a lot of people from obviously the U.S., but then there were people from Europe. You know, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard is six-hour difference in Europe, and people are, you know, yeah, waking up to listen. I mean, so it was still building that community. I respect that craft. Well, and here's what I respect about this, and he, like, sort of teased on it or touched on it, uh, and so did you. These are available on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're so great. I still watch them. Yeah. So I go back to this. He didn't have to do it, actually. No. Like, that was, in my understanding, and, and I wish I would have been able to ask him this or thought to ask him this, that was, like, his way of helping the world in in, in what was a, yeah. a, a difficult and, you know, in some cases still remains to be a, a challenging sort of thing. He didn't have to do it just to be honest like he could have just been like hey check out my stuff on spotify but he took the time to you know hop online and do a live stream and get out of his own comfort zone yeah in terms of not playing the same stuff and he talked about that and i just have an incredible amount of respect for him and i i gotta be honest i think he's gonna put on one hell of a show yeah you're you're gonna have to come with me you can be my date oh heather's staying home with tuckerman oh do you have an extra ticket did you, did you did you just ask me on a date? Yeah, we're going on a date. Finally, you asked my wife on a date years ago. I'm taking me on one. It's true. It's fine. I'll, I, I got, I got That's you. a story for another time. Yeah. But, you know, you were talking about, you know, he didn't he didn't have to do that. I want to do a hard segue, but staying on, on that point. Yeah. We, as a podcast, the Dadass Podcast, are taking our podcast platform, as, along with the Seabus Dad uh, blog here in Columbus, and we are actually going to be dropping here shortly a, um, a big campaign we're doing here regionally. Yeah. We're going to change the conversation. We're going to do some dadvocate work. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going to lay it all out, all out on the table and see what happens. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, you know, they say like, uh, what did Michael Scott say? Now that the tables turn, no, the turns table, as Michael <laughs> Scott said, we're gonna change the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna advocate a little bit harder here because um, we want to use this platform for good. Yeah, yeah, just for some, some good clean fun. So be tur- uh, be turned. Turn those tables. <laughs> I was going to mix a Michael Scott. Table turn. Tables turn. But stay tuned to our uh, social meds and to the uh, dadasspodcast.com uh, uh, for more information that will be dropping here just in the coming days. All right. Well, this has been amazing. And I was going to close it out, but that seems unfair given the fact that, you know, Joe Buck's kind of like one of your instrumental oh albums. we should have asked him to close it out oh missed, uh, opportunity. missed opportunity oh oh but hey be sure to uh to to look up joe join him uh, uh april 16th at the rumba cafe here in columbus ohio and um send him some love on the social meds or check out some of his sunday songs uh, but for us here a small local uh, podcast in columbus ohio please you know leave us a five-star review leave us leave us some love help us grow really that five-star review actually helps quite a bit it, it sure does please follow us on instagram facebook of course myspace our running dad joke we are there help us get over two followers uh, and uh be sure to uh, to tune in uh, next time for another episode from us i'm on cloud nine joe pug my man so with that being say uh said stay strong dad ass